Well, good morning. Do I look any better with an hour less sleep? I was, uh, I was gone part of this week. I was at a conference uh, for pastors. There were uh, several district superintendents and four of our largest church pastors that were there, and it all sounded good because it was going to be in Florida, right? And um, so this is how my week has been. We got there, and I went to get our rental car, and I was told, Mr. Gates, we can't rent you a car. And I was like, what? And they said, um, you have a birthday this week, don't you, Mr. Gates? Yes. Yep. Had a birthday. Thank you for all your birthday greetings and insults. And uh, they said, well, we can't rent you a car because you got a birthday this week. Happy birthday. The reason we can't rent you a car is your license expires on Wednesday. And it was very humbling to have to go find my wife in the airport and ask her to please rent us a car. And since Wednesday, I have not been able to drive. Had to bring my brother from Bourbon A, uh, Illinois, here this weekend so he could bring me to church this morning at 5.30 or whatever time it was. So if you would, if you have, uh, we're, we're doing a sign-up sheet out in the lobby to escort me around all week long. I'm hoping I can get me a license. Uh, it'll be an Indiana license, right? There we go. Well, anybody glad to be in church today? Say amen. amen. We are so glad you're here. We exist to encourage and equip you to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We don't hold it back. I don't hold it back. We want to we turn you from a nominal Christian into somebody that's just fully in love with Jesus, wants to give him everything you got, your whole heart, soul, mind, strength, and even your money, right? And, um, and so we just love you, pray for you. We're here to help you on your journey. We have been in a series, we're in week two now, in a series on prayers of the Bible. We're looking at some patterns of prayers in the Bible. So the the prayers that we look at aren't that we would pray these specific prayers, but we're looking at the, the meaning behind it or the patterns that they used, ways that we can pray in fresh and new ways to hear better from God, to draw closer to Him. Anybody want to draw closer to God in the next few weeks? Amen. Amen. So we begin um, next Sunday, we begin a 21-day fast together as a church. Me and one other person are excited about that. I got one there. I see that hand. Uh, she, we're not taking orders for lunch, though. That wasn't a hand for that, was it? Um, starting next Sunday, 21-day fast, leading us up to our one day on April the 5th, and then also on, on Easter to prepare our hearts to hear from God, to be sensitive to Him. You don't have to fast food or you could specific, maybe a specific food. You just fast, and every time you hunger for that, you would... You would just stop and pray, pray for our church, tell God that as much as you think you need that, you need him more. You can join us um, Monday through Friday at 6.30 a.m. or noon here at the church in the chapel right out here, and we're just going to spend time praying together. How refreshing it could be for some of you. Now, I want you to pull out your sermon notes that are in your bulletin. Can you give me that bottle of water, please? Uh, sermon notes in your bulletin. And the reason we do that, we have found that people that engage God's Word by writing it down, then taking it during the week 
and studying it and, and re reviewing it, we found that uh, those people tend to grow more, mature more, hear from God more. And our theme has been this verse in Ephesians 6.18 that says, pray in the Spirit in every situation. Use every kind of prayer and request there is. In other words, prayer is not just something we do at church. Prayer is just not something you do right before your meal. Prayer is something that's just a part of your life all through your day. It's as if you were walking along with your best friend and you're communicating, you're talking, you're sharing with each other. It's just, it's just a part of our life. And our goal is that you would come to the place that you would pray first. And whatever comes your way, whatever happens in your life, you would just stop and pray first using every kind of prayer and request there is. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of, um, we're going to be in First Chronicles today, chapter 4. If you have your electronic version, open that up. Um, and um, if you are a new believer, let me just say this. Like if you haven't been a believer very long, maybe like a year or two or less, and you're trying to get into this thing of reading the Word of God, let me just help you. Do not go to the book of Chronicles, all right? First or Second Chronicles. Don't start there. Don't do it. I'm just telling you, go to, go to 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. Uh, you know, go to the four Gospels. Don't start, don't start in Chronicles because I'm just telling you it's not exciting. I'm reading through Chronicles right now in my own devotion. And I'm just telling you it's, uh, it's, it's not a good week to have lost an hour's sleep, all right? Because it, it's just the story of God's people. And so it, here's, here's kind of like how it goes. Chapter 1. So-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so. Chapter 2, so-and-so begat so I mean, that's just pretty much, that is pretty much it. It is not the most inspiring verses in the Bible. So if you're doing a Bible plan and you come to that like I am, you are very thankful they throw in a Psalms or a Proverbs, right? However... Right in the middle of all of these names, 600 names, so-and-so begat, so-and-so begat, so-and-so. Right in the middle of all of these 600 names, God stops, God pushes a pause button, and he gives an honorable mention to one man. And his name is Jabez. And in verse 9, it says there, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. In fact, his name translated just means pain. Imagine naming that your kid. You, you know, you just name your kid pain. This, this is Bobby Sue, this is Mary, this is Susie, and this is pain. Come on. Now, how many of you in here, that just pretty much describes who you were as a kid, right? Pain. And uh, we don't know why she named him Pain. We don't know if it's because she had uh, difficulty in childbirth delivering him. Maybe she was given a premonition um, that his life would be painful. Maybe it was a reminder that her life had been painful. But if you think about this, how awful to go through your life with a name that marks you and dictates some way who you are and how you feel about yourselves. 
And I've said this before, but some of you are living with a name um, based on, or, or living a life based on a name that, that you were given, and you have come to believe that about yourself. You, you've been labeled, or you've labeled yourself in some way, and you've chosen to believe it. For some of you, it's failure. For some of you, your name is divorce, bankruptcy, abused, and you, and you live your life pretty much in a name that has defied you, defined you. And in this story, it tells us that pain cries out. Jabez, Jabez cries out, but he doesn't cry out to God about his pain. He gets beyond his pain, and he cries out to God about his blessing. And in verse 10, it says, Jabez cried out to the Lord, the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Now, that, that word bless means that you would give me things that I don't have, things that I know you have more for me. And, and I just want to pause the button here and say, oh, it was about 20 years or so ago, there was this prayer of Jabez that came out in a book for me. Anybody know what I'm talking about, right? Um, and I just want to say to you that I, and I'm not disrespect anybody that wrote a book, but that book was such a popular seller because so many people bought onto it as a way to get rich or a way to demand things from God, and it became a bestseller because everybody just wanted to, oh, yeah, bless me, God, give me more. We're going to find out it goes so much beyond that today. So he says, he says let, me, let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free. I will be released from pain. Get my eyes off of my pain, God. Give me something bigger that I can get my eyes onto. I'm pretty much defined as pain. This pretty much describes my life. But give me, some, give me a promise, God. Give me something that is bigger than my pain. And God I don't understand, I don't understand this, but God is so impressed in this 600 names, so-and-so begets, so-and-so begets, so-and-so, and God stops, and he is so impressed by this prayer because it says, and God granted his request. And so I want to look at this pattern of prayer uh, and the things that Jabez asked for. And the first one is, I want you to write these down, is that Jabez asked, Jabez, I want to rename that boy, Jabez asked God for blessing in his life. Oh, that you would bless me. Now that word bless is the word barak. It means may your greatness, the vast amount of goodness that you have at your disposal, may, may you stoop down into my life and give me something more than what I have. You pray for God. Here's the thing on this prayer. You pray for God to deposit into your life a blessing that God has for you. You pray that. So here's your prayer this week. The first thing you pray tomorrow morning, you get up and say, God, I want you to deposit a blessing into my life. I want you to give me something that I don't have. Now, let me just stop because here's where some of you are thinking. Some of you are thinking the bank account, right? And this is, this is, I'm not referring to financial blessings, although that is 
one of them that when we are faithful to God, some of you that are faithful to God, get ready to say amen. When, when you are faithful to God, uh, you learn that you can't outgive God, <laughs> right? And, uh, but, but, but financial blessings are so small. This is why I want you to know, so small in comparison to what God really has for you and how he really wants to bless your life because you can have it all and your life can feel like nothing, now, he's not one of, I wouldn't lift him up uh, as an example of what we're talking about today, but I, I do love the quote of actor Jim Carrey, who said, I wish everybody could be rich and wealthy and have every de desire and dream that they ever had so that they could understand at the end of it, it doesn't mean that much. And so we're talking about more than financial blessing. God wants to bless you with favor, to give you ideas, a, a, a ministry, an anointing on your marriage, blessing on your children, grace over your sins and failures. He wants to give peace over your past. That's why the psalmist said in chapter 18, you give me your shield of victory and your right hand sustains me. You, oh, I love this. You stoop down to make me great. Now, I just want to pause here because I want to say this blesses me, this particular chapter, this particular part of the story, this particular scripture from the psalmist, it blesses me because I know how much God has done for me in my life. See, none of you have any idea of where I came from or how messed up my life used to be. There's two people down here over here on this side. They know, they know what a messed up teenager I was. I grew up in a, we grew up in a town called East St. Louis, Illinois. Anybody ever heard of it? Well, if you have, then some of you know what that means. It has been ranked for years and even decades as one of the most dangerous cities in all of the country. And um, my brother and I pretty much had free reign. We could go out in the streets. We would get on a bus. I think my brother, I was like six, five or six, and I'm getting on a bus to go to St. Louis with my brother, who was just a troublemaker. And um, <laughs> I can remember walking to school, and, and, and I would get beat up on the way to school, and I would get beat up on the way home from school. It was a blessing. Sometimes, sometimes I got beat up both. And what made it worse was when I was a kid, I had a, a, a speech impediment. I had trouble saying the word, the, it, anything that had an S in it. My tongue would shoot out of my mouth, and it just sounded... It just sounded really goofy. And I got made fun of a lot at school. Uh, I hated to read in class if they would call on me. Um, and then I get called out of class to go to a special needs class to learn how to talk. And they would just, you know, they wouldn't do like, come here. They would just come in and announce it. I need, you know, they'd call my name. We're going to take you to special needs class. Come on. And all the kids would mock me and laugh. And I hated myself. And I grew up in grade school and junior high, and I just hated it. And to make matters worse, come on, you, God's got a sense of humor. To make matters worse, at eight years old, God called me to preach. <laughs> 
And as a young uh, boy, and even in my teenage years, Satan, that call would be there, and I would hear God's, and I would push it as far away as I could, and Satan would often whisper in my ear, you can never speak in front of other people. Your name is stupid. Your name is failure. Your name is special need. Your life will never matter. And for years, I believed that voice. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? I I would believe that, that I I would never speak right. (laughs) But God stooped down one day, and I, I was scared to death, but I remember kneeling at that altar in Crestview Church of the Nazarene as a teenage boy, and I said yes to his call, and in brokenness, I just poured my heart out to God at an altar like this. And then my pastor, now he meant well, but he told me he wanted me to speak the next Sunday night at a, at a teen service. <laughs> and I just want to tell you, if you think you lost an hour's sleep last night, I didn't sleep all week long. I was scared. I was nervous. I studied and I put together this message that was everything from Genesis to the maps in the back. You know what I'm saying? And I think it only lasted about six minutes. Some of you are thinking, I wish it would now. And I stood up, and I was extremely nervous. But I remember, I remember. I don't know if it was, I, I looked at a guy, his name was Bob Hayden in our church. He was our youth leader. And I looked down as I'm speaking, and he goes, like that? And in that moment, I don't know if the Holy Spirit just used him, but I felt like in that moment, the power of the Holy Spirit sustained me and came on me and began to speak through my lips. And here's what I do know. From that day forward, the impediment was gone. Now, listen, listen. Here's what I want you to know. That was much better than money. (laughs) So much better. You stoop down, he says, to make us great. I believe that. Pray for blessing of God on your life, and don't you give up on it. You may have some impediment in your life. It may not be speech. It may be something else. You you don't stop. You pray and don't give up. Pray for God's blessing on your family. Pray for God's blessing on your church because God has so much more for you and God has so much more for us than we could ever dream or imagine. Now, I am not and I never will preach prosperity gospel because I think some of the greatest things God does for us is in our poverty. And I don't mean just financial. I'm talking about in our desperation, in our need, and we cry out to him. So it's not prosperity theology, but I believe God wants you to have more than you need. And by the way, all of us in this room have everything we need. And I think God wants us to have more than we need need for a specific reason. That's why in Genesis chapter 12, he says, I will bless you, and you then will be a blessing to others. See, God wants you to have more, not so that you can just have more, not just so you can like live out prosperity theology, you know. Uh, No, 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 no. The more is so that you can then take the more, come on, stay with me, and you can be a blessing to other people with it. 
It, it might be resources, it might be gifts, it might be talents, it might be some ability he's given you, and he's going to give you more of it because God is looking for people to give to, but to also give through. He's not just wanting to give it to you like you hold it. No, he wants to give it so you're like a channel that it just passes through. That's why God has blessed this church. Do you know why? This church is others focused. We're not just thinking about what happens in here. We're just coming in, going, sitting back, entertain me, bless me, give me, give me a donut out here, give me coffee. No, 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 no. We're, we're not doing that. We're, we're focused on others. That's why we'll give, I, I, I think I'm guessing close to 30% of what we bring into this place, we'll give away to others this year. That's why we gave over $100,000 to build a church in Latacunga. And by the way, would you welcome our team back home today, right? We've been praying for you. We're glad you're back. God. Bless us good, pour your blessing on me, on our church, on my family, so that we can be a blessing to others. God, give me more than I need so that I can be a blessing to the world around me. Come on, anybody want to pray like that? So, here's the next thing. If God answered that prayer for you, God, pour out your blessing on me. Give me more than I need. God, God said, okay, like he did with Jabez. Here's the question I have for you. What would you do with the more? Because the next thing he asked in verse 10 is, Jabez says, God, would you enlarge my territory? In other words, if you will bless me, if you will give me more, I will do more with what you give me. So every day, ask God for influence. Ask God to give you influence on those around you. God, stretch me, God. Take me out of my comfort zone so that I have to depend on you. Put me in a situation that is bigger than me so that I know that if I make it, it's going to be because of you, because your influence is much greater in my life. It's not for me. It's not so that I can get some kind of whatever. It's so that you can use me, God, for your purposes. Because God has a, I'm speaking to somebody today, listen to me, God has a life available for you that is bigger than you. Listen, for some of you, you feel like your life is not all that. It could be because your life has primarily been just about you. But if you ever realize that God has more for you, it will motivate you like nothing else will. The happiest people I know aren't the ones without problems. The happiest people I know have a purpose for their life. Successful people don't have more money or less problems. Successful people have a clear purpose for their life. That's why Paul said, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. You, you have a purpose. God has birthed in you a purpose for your life. Your life is not an accident. He did not 
put you into this world with no design for your life. No, he has a purpose for you. And, and some of you have everything from a human perspective, and yet you feel have no, you have nothing because joy is not found in your life, and you realize it's not found in your possessions. It is found in your purpose. And this is a profound truth that many of you don't even understand yet. See, our existence as a church is not just to get you saved. We exist to help you find your purpose. The reason God designed you. Some of you are unhappy with life because you have never discovered your purpose, who God made you to be. I remember years ago I was on a study break and I was gone for a week and I was reading through a passage like this and I, I read through that and I just, I remember shutting the Bible and just praying. I had a notepad of paper and I just prayed and prayed. I prayed all day long just asking God to show me his purpose for my life. And uh, at the end of the day, I came away with this paper right here. Um, I have what's called uh, the personal purpose and core values for my life. And when I walked away and I looked at that, my life's purpose statement that I felt the reason God created me and put me into this um, existence is that my life would be about to encourage and equip churches and pastors to be the best they can be for the glory of God. That's all my life's about. It wasn't long after that that... Uh, uh, got put in a position of leadership on a district to oversee planting and renewing churches. And long story short, over a period of time, a consulting company um, offered me a position, even though I was still pastoring, to, to kind of train and develop pastors. And then a short time later, I was uh, invited to come full time into working with churches around the country in 28 different denominations. But my purpose statement was still the same. To, to encourage and equip churches and pastors to be the very best they can be. What is your purpose? What is your life about? What, why did God put you here? He didn't just put you here to exist for 60 or 70 or 80 or 100 years. See, you have to find a purpose that is bigger than your problem. So when I'm going through difficult things and you know, just whatever, and Satan whispers in my ear, I have to come back to my purpose and know that God is helping me fulfill my purpose in spite of my problems. Paul said, the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance. Did you ever think that God has an inheritance for you? But your inheritance is more than stuff. Your inheritance is people. Your purpose is always connected to people. Because everything we do here is ultimately about people. Because when this earth no longer exists, Scripture says everything is pretty much just burned up. The only thing that lasts in eternity is people. And everything we do here is about the influence God wants to give you about a life of making a difference in people. So whatever your purpose is, how, is, how are you using that purpose to make a difference in the lives of people, to make people better than they are, to love people more than they are loved? That's why God said in Psalms 2.8, he said, ask me, 
Cry out to me. God bless me. God give me influence. He said, ask me and I will make the nations, I will make the people your inheritance, the ends of the earth, your possession. People are your inheritance. They are the only thing that matters. See, God wants your life to have influence. And until you find a purpose and live in it, your life will not be what God designed it to be. And if your life is not what God designed it to be, you will always feel like your life is not all that. So we will be, you know, one of the things we'll do down the road here is we'll develop, uh, you know, we'll we'll develop sometime down the road soon, hopefully, uh, a class that will help you find out what your gifts and your passions your purposes in your life. We'll help you find that because we're here not to just get you saved. We're here to help you find a purpose so you're doing what God created you to do and be. And maybe the next step for some of you is down the road when we do that. Maybe your next step is to, you know, say, I want to be a part of that class. I want to find out what my purpose is and what my passions are. And so if God were to give you influence, if, he were, if you were to pray for blessing and he blessed your life and then he expanded your territory and gave you influence, what you're going to find is, <laughs> if it's of God, you're going to find that you're in way over your head. You're going to be like standing on a stage one day and you're going to be looking out going, oh Lord, oh I need you because I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not saying that I'm thinking that, but you know, so. Because if it's a God-sized dream, you need God to pull it off. And you'll find, that, you'll find that you're in over your head and that you need the power and presence of God continually to help you do what he's called you to do. And that's why Jabez said the next thing, Lord, let your hand be with me. And in the Old Testament and New, the hand of God always meant his power and his presence. And he's saying, God, may your power and presence always Be with me. And so ask God for power. Ask God for his presence. God, what you're asking me to do is too big for me. I I can't do it. I need your hand. I need your power. I need your presence. Help me, God. I'm just telling you, if you had any idea how much I pray that prayer, you would have voted no (laughs) a few months ago. I have to have his power and presence. I need it every moment of every day. The first prayer I pray when I get out of bed is, oh, God, help me today. Acts eleven twenty one, 21, the Lord's hand was with them. And what happened? A number of people believed and turned to the Lord. And the reason we sit here in this beautiful building today with hundreds of people coming in here throughout the day is not because we're a great church. Don't ever think we're a great church. It's because we have a great God. <laughs> And his hand, if there's anything great that happens here, it's because his hand is on us. And if we ever forget that his hand is on us, we will lose that hand and it will all be gone. And we are in a time in our country, oh, come on, it's crazy, right? Um, We are in a time in our country where we have never been. And if he doesn't help us, and if he doesn't help us as a people of God, and if he doesn't help us as a church of God, if we don't have his power and his presence, we're lost. Your marriage is lost. If he takes his hand away, your your family is lost. Your kids are lost. We need him. And so every day you just got to get up. You know, Moses said, if your presence doesn't go with us, God, don't send us. 
I'm not going, God, without you. I just picture like Moses like this. I ain't going, God, unless you go with us. How will anyone know you are pleased with me, he said, and with your people unless you go with us? And my prayer is that everyone that comes into this place would not be impressed with anything that we do here, but that we would sense, that they would sense there is something greater than man that is happening here. And what's happening in this place surely must be of God. Amen? See, you will never hear me. You will never hear me beg you for money. And you will never hear me beg you to come to stuff. I just won't. If we're offering something you don't feel like you want to come, I'm not begging you to come to it. I'm not going to beg people to come to Christ. If I, if I lay the gospel message out and, and his broken body and shed blood and nails and scars and the fact that he rose from the dead, that's not going to motivate you. What am I going to say to motivate you? I'm not going to beg you, but I'll beg you to do this. I will, I will beg you to come to the time of prayer that we're going to have. I'll beg you to get alone with God in the next 21 days as we start next week and, and begin to pray. Pray for our church and pray for our vision and pray for God's anointing on our services. You, 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 you pray, you know, and so I'm just going to invite you to come. 6.30 in the morning, 12 noon. There's other groups. You come by any time you want, but pray during that time or make time each day to pray and ask God. And it, and it says in verse 17, and the Lord said to Moses when he said that to God, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Is, are, is anybody getting any of this today? Is it making sense? We need him. But here's the other thing. This kind of leads up to this last point. You need to know that if God blesses you, God expands your territory, God pours out his presence on you, on our church, you need to know Satan is not going to sit back and go, okay, that's cool. No, no, no. He, he is going... He is going to unleash all hell against you. He will unleash all, unleash all hell against our church if we start to move forward. And do, you know, as long as we sit back and sing some songs and kind of get stirred, and he's like, hey, that's fine. But you start to do something and you start to live in the blessing of God and you start to live in the power and presence of God, he will attack. He will attack your marriage. He will attack your home. He will attack your finances. Pastor, go back and talk about that blessing thing again. That was much better. <laughs> so Jabez prays, and oh God, keep me from harm. And so what he ultimately is praying is for protection. God, you have blessed me. You've expanded my territory. Your power and presence is with me and on me. And now, Father, I want you to protect my life, protect my family, protect my territory. Every day, Vicki and I pray this for our kids and grandkids. God, protect them today. Watch over them today. Protect them from evil influences. Oh, God. 
We're living in a day when pastors and churches have never been attacked more than they are attacked now. And though, <laughs> do I want to tread here? And though we're still on the honeymoon together, um, I know Satan won't like it when we move forward, right? And what's he going to do? He'll attack. And here's what I have found. I believe it was Abe Lincoln that said, a country is never destroyed from outside, is always destroyed from within. And here's what I found. Often Satan will attack the church from within. And just listen to my heart. If you are not praying these prayers and asking God to protect you and protect us as a church, Satan may use you to attack the church or to attack others. Hmm, not one amen there, huh? Why? Because that's serious. Now, the attacks don't discourage me. I have come to expect it. I know they're coming. Someone once said, if you're not butting heads with the devil now and then, you may well be walking with him. So when your marriage is attacked, don't get surprised by that. What do you do? You just ask God for protection. Scripture says that... Uh, the evils that are waged, uh, raged against us are not from uh, the human realm, but what are they? They're the principalities and powers of darkness. And when you and your spouse are getting into it, your spouse isn't the problem. <laughs> it's the attacks of Satan are coming against you in the dark realm. You, you have to stop. You have to pray. You have to say, God, I'm praying for protection in our marriage. Protect our marriage, God. Protect our church, God, because he will attack, and you have to ask for his protection. And because in asking, you're opening yourself up to that. Paul said the devil's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, right, in 1 Peter 5? He's sneaky. You can't see him. He comes disguised. And so you have to, you have to pray for protection, and then you have to fight. Come on, you got any fighters in here? You, you gotta, you, you've just got to fight. Use the name of Jesus. It causes every dream and demon to tremble in fear. Just use the name of Jesus. Why? Because they can't stand up against him. Demons would flee when Jesus came on the scene. Just the mere mention of his name would tremble and run. Troubled waters got calm when the disciples just breathed his name. Sickness is gone in his presence. Marriages get restored when Jesus is invited in. Jesus. Parents, you should pray Jesus over your kids every day. You should, before they leave, by the authority in the name of Jesus, get your stinking hands off my kids today. Mm, I'm preaching really good, but this is just plain truth. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all of these things, we are more than conquerors through Jesus who loved us. 
See, in prayer, come on, this is where, let's get to where we live. In prayer, you have two choices. One is you can just make prayer all about you and all that you need and all that you want and all that you desire and all that you make it about you and your past and your pain and your suffering and your problems. That can consume your prayer. Or you can talk about what God wants to talk about and do in you. Jabez never talked about his problem. He talked about his promise, and he asked God for power. And, and write this last thing down, and we're going to be done. Prayer isn't about God moving toward us. Come on. Prayer is about us moving toward God. Prayer is about us getting, not him on our agenda. Prayer is about us getting on the agenda of God. I read this in my devotions this Friday. I'm thankful for my struggle because without it, <laughs> I wouldn't have stumbled across his strength. Put your notes down and bow your heads for just a moment. Just be quiet in this place for a moment with your heads bowed. What prayer do you need to pray right now? And I want to pray for you today. So God, I'm going to start and I'm just going to say, I am praying that you would bless this church right now. Pour out your blessing on these people. Pour your blessing out on our church. God, would you bless their marriages? Would you bless their kids? Would you bless their health? I'm asking you to bless somebody emotionally Heal them, God, from that. I'm asking that in your goodness you would put your hand, your hand on their finances. Put your hand on their resources, God. Expand their influence so that they can use that to be a blessing to others. I'm, I'm asking that you would bless their minds. There are some people here today that are in positions. You could give them ideas. You could put thoughts in their minds and dreams in their minds. God, there are some people here today that could have dreams for this church that are far greater than any one of us could ever do. God, you have more for us. And we're not asking for ourselves. We're not saying just make us more wealthy. Give us more stuff. Give us more talent just for us. No, no, no. We're not going to selfishly hoard it just to have more and more. We don't want to focus on being personally blessed. We're saying we want to be a blessing. We want to bless others as you bless us. So, God, I'm just speaking this morning to everyone listening today. Bless them, God. Expand their influence. Make, make us influencers. God, I ask that you would give vision to every person in this room for their life in order that they could use their life for something that is greater than themselves that would have an impact on other people's lives for eternity. Somebody needs hope today, Lord. They came into this place. They need hope today. I'm praying right now you would fill them with hope, and hope always brings joy. Let someone find their purpose, God, in you today. And God, we can't do any of this unless you help us. We don't want to do anything unless you're with us. 
I don't ever want to sing a song or preach a message in this building unless you are with us, unless your anointing is poured out. And so, Holy Spirit, fill us right now with your power. We need your presence. As Moses said, if your presence doesn't go with us, God, we're not going. (laughs) Don't let us go to places you don't want us to go. So that means we don't get ahead of you. We need your presence and we need your power. And God, our kids are going out every day into a crazy, messed up world. So please go with them, God. Protect them, Lord. Watch over their coming and their going. And Father, we know there is an enemy that attacks on every side. But God, you have given us the name of Jesus. That name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every tongue will confess and every knee will bow before you. You have given us your word, God. Your word is our power. Your word is our strength. If God be for us, who could ever be against us? Thank you for this message today, God. May we not be the same because of it. May we not leave this place just moved. Change us, God. Would you stand with me and just keep your heads bowed for a moment? Maybe you would like to pray about something today as we close. I try to always give you that opportunity. Let me talk to somebody. Maybe what you need today is you need to pray a prayer of repentance because you have never prayed that prayer. You have never asked Christ to come into your life, to forgive you, to live with you. It's simply asking him to come into your heart, come into your life, dwell with you. It's not, we're not asking you to come join a church. That's not what it's about. You're asking Jesus to take control of your life. And you need to take a step of faith because the scripture says without faith, it's impossible to please God. You you take a step of faith. You you feel it. I I need to surrender to God, my life to God. I, I need God's forgiveness. I need his help. And if you're ready to do that, you you know it. Maybe during the prayer time today, you could come and pray here. Maybe you have a financial need today, and you're saying, God. Would you bless me, meet my need, but give me more than I need so that I can be a blessing to others? Maybe that's your prayer, and maybe the reason you haven't received is because you haven't asked. Maybe you have a physical need. Every week we've been anointing people. If you'd like to be anointed, I'll be down front here with the oil. Maybe you have an emotional burden. You just want to lay down today. As they lead us in song, I just want to invite you, if you want to, to come and pray. Let's sing together.